Welcome to the second episode of the Litecoin Underground Podcast. This week we did a little something different. Instead of just kind of a standard podcast, we were fortunate enough uh, to have a guest this week on our normal Wednesday night Twitter spaces. So every week at 9 p.m. Eastern time on Twitter, we do a spaces, which if you haven't been on spaces, they're kind of this open forum you can ask anybody can jump up and ask questions or we can just have general conversation they drift from conversations about litecoin bitcoin crypto gold privacy security defi you know all sorts of different uh things pop up and we really address them all uh it's not really a structure to it but this week we had something different david burkett from uh who's who's right now the person responsible for uh adding Mimblewimble to Litecoin came in and was gracious enough to take an hour, hour and a half to answer a lot of questions, not only for myself, but from the community and really walk through step by step. What is, you know, kind of what's happening today on the Litecoin uh, network and what happens once Mimblewimble is implemented? You know, what's the option? You know, it is an option. It's not going to be something that's standard across all transactions. So what is the privacy? How does it work? What changes? What's the visual? How do you, you know, how do you track it? All that kind of stuff. And it was really cool because not only did he give us that information, he also was nice enough to just drop us a couple privacy hints along the way. So um, without further ado, I'll, I'll let you listen to the interview. I hope it's not too long. Like I said, I'm not a professional interviewer. This is my first one. And uh, I think it went pretty well, and then the, the community also asked some questions. So uh, enjoy, and have a good week. What's up, David? Uh, we were talking a little bit about, just tapped on Mimblewimble, but uh, Charlie GBTC was asking about Taproot. Is that something that's going to be active before Mimblewimble? Uh, yeah, um, we have the release uh, 18.1, or 21.1. Sorry, uh, that has that in it. Um, it. It'll probably activate. I'm guessing like a month or two before uh, Mimblewimble. So yeah, that that should be that should be. Um, we think. I was thinking. I think you can start um, signaling for that. I think the the block we went with is like um, end of November. So uh, you know, the earliest it would be active would be uh, end of year. Yeah, because that was something where I remember the you know, the Bitcoin miners like signaled for it back in like yeah May, they had some kind of right? special uh, yeah they had a special little process where it was like a, I don't remember the name of it but it um it's like a a like trial um signaling just to see uh, if they could reach a threshold within a certain number of a uh, certain certain period um, which they did. Uh, so then but they, they left themselves some time to actually make sure everyone got upgraded and and uh, was ready to go before activating. So I think it activates within days, right? Uh, maybe next week or this week or something? Yeah, as far as I know, it's coming very soon to Bitcoin. They've been talking yeah. a bit about it. And that's something I'm, I'm, I'm pretty in the dark about what Taproot's going to uh, um, bring to the table. Yeah. So, um, so it, it's it offers a lot of flexibility with uh, um, with scripting. A lot of it's a, 
it's pretty cool scalability um, improvement. Um, it's kind of like it's kind of like Mimblewimble uh, light, uh, very very light. Um, it it doesn't have the confidential track transactions or anything, but it has uh, Schnorr signatures, which are good for um, scalability. But it also um, provides uh, it, it allows you to to um, to kind of uh, to hide a lot of the the script. Like normally, uh, you would have um, a bunch of information that you would leak in the, in this script for for fancy transaction types. Um, but it, it allows you to like uh, using one transaction type, uh, you can handle many different kinds of transactions. So it, it kind of it helps with privacy a little bit in that aspect because it like every every output looks sort of the same instead of having like uh, obviously identifiable like say for um, three of five signatures or something. Um, right now you would have an output that literally lists like the five signature or the five public keys and say something like has to have three of those signed. Whereas um, under Taproot, I think that you can just basically, um, you can move all that off chain and, and everybody won't see that there's the contract is for a three of five signature. Um, I don't know exactly what I was in Taproot. Uh, just to be clear, there's there's a couple different improvements come uh, that they've been working on, um, and I don't really know where they draw the line of Taproot, Graphroot, all that stuff. But um, I'm pretty sure, based on my understanding of Taproot, that that all comes as part of this upgrade. Well, hey, so uh, yeah, I mean, we kind of just jumped right into something. It's probably better to just back up for a second. So, uh, first of all, I I really do appreciate you coming in here. I know I'm I'm like a pretty small account. I just started this thing a few weeks ago. Um, but these been doing yeah, really small well. accounts. Yeah, we've had we've had uh, Shinji in and Johnny Litecoin, and um, it's been really fun, productive conversations. Like I think sometimes it's easy to get kind of uh, we're all on an island a lot of times, right? Like in our hometown, you're like, how many people are nuts about Litecoin? Not many. So it's nice to talk about some other people, but so. Um, I, I was going to do like some research on Mimblewimble and I was like, you know what? It might be better that I ask you questions from a noob's perspective. I mean, when I say noob, I mean not understanding Mimblewimble. I generally understand how Litecoin works in other aspects. So um, if you don't mind, I just kind of want to walk through some of this stuff and then hopefully I can paint a picture a bit and... Sure. Then from there, maybe just let some people ask some questions. Or if anybody's got anything pressing, raise your hand if you know how to do that. Um, okay. So let's just walk through a regular transaction. So when I'm using Litecoin, mm -hmm. let's just assume Litecoin Core, and I have a transaction I want to send you. Alice sends Bob, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if my Obviously, I, I sign the transaction. What goes onto the blockchain is... Mm -hmm. Well, so you have, well, walk through it for, with me, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. Trying to keep sure. it as clean as possible. Um, so what you do is you point to it, um, some coins that you own already. Okay, so somebody sends you some coins. And to do that, they, they create some outputs. Uh, coins are outputs, sort of. Um, you know, outputs yeah. are, are on the chain is a number of coins. You know, it, it specifies the value. Um and it specifies a script. 
that you have to meet. But in most cases, in the 99% or 95% flow, it's a, it's a, um, it's a wallet address that you would see um, on the output. And then in order to spend it, you have to have the private key to that wallet address. Um, yeah, my understanding so, is like when you have, when you have a, like a, what they call it, UTXOs, right? Yep. Yep. Those are unspent uh, outputs. Yep. Unspent transaction oh, okay. outputs. I, I heard somebody uh, explain a very good way of uh, describing this. I felt like is when you go to a store and your bill is $2 and 19 cents and you give them a $5 bill, you're mm-hmm. giving them all five coins. They keep $2.19 and they return to you the $3.81 or $2.81. Almost did bad math. Yeah. So So let's say you have an output worth five coins, right? Um, So that you create a transaction with that as the input. Inputs are coins being spent and you can't just spend part of it. You have to spend the whole thing minus the fee. Um, So we'll ignore the fee. So let's just say you have that five coins. You, that you have one input worth five coins, then you create two outputs. You create one for 219 going to who you're spending it to. You know, the, the... you can use, easy, let's do some easier math. <laughs> yeah. Let's okay. say one for a dollar and one for four dollars. Okay. Sure. The bill so is you have a, okay. okay. So you have an output that's for a dollar uh, sending to, you know, the whoever you're sending it to, your bank teller, to the grocery store, or whatever. And then you create another output for four. And that is your change. So you put an address that you own there. So, you know, there's one input, which is the five coins. And then you have to spend all five coins or whatever you don't spend is becomes fee. So, you know, in our case, we don't have a fee. The the wallet generally is going to create those, create the new address automatically. Or does it usually return that money back to to the same wallet? No, no, no. That would be bad for privacy. Uh, You want to... um, you don't want to reuse addresses. Uh, <laughs> so like you, so, like I have a wallet, like, li- like I just want to use this analogy because I think it helps. Mm-hmm. So you want to say, I got a wallet, I got my $5 bill in it. I hand it to the cashier mm-hmm. and then I throw my empty wallet into the garbage and I grab your empty address. Wallet. Yes. Not yeah, a wallet. Let's call it an address. Yeah. Okay. Well, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. An, an empty yep. or like a spot. I always like to use a spreadsheet, right? My, my little space on the ledger, mm-hmm. that little line the row on my spreadsheet is going to be empty, delete it permanently. It's gone. Yeah. I mean, your wallet still remembers it, but it doesn't reuse it. Yes. Okay. Yep. Okay. So Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So it, it, you know, it it creates a new, new address, which will be your change. I marks it as change in the wallet, at least, you know, Litecoin core does. Um, And then it it creates, and then it, you know, uh, sends, the change to that address. Yep. So two outputs, you know, one for $1 to whoever you're sending to, they give you your address. So you use their address in that output. And then the, the other output would have the four change and it goes to that new address that your wallet generates. Yeah. And then the old so address you're... is not used again. Yep. So you're, yeah, you're, and your wallets are just, you know, over the life of a wallet, you'd be in and out of however many transactions you have. That's how many new addresses you're going to have. Uh, in theory, yeah. Uh, hopefully, okay. um, hopefully you're not reusing addresses. There are some cases where you do want to. For example, um, with the donation address for Litecoin and Web, for example, um, you know we want to publicly audit that. You want to, you know, we want many people consent to it. 
um, we have no reason for privacy, no reason to hide the amounts, anything like that. So, um, so we just have everyone send to one address. We could set it up to where we had some site generate a new address for everyone who wanted to donate. But um, since we're going for a, a transparent amount or transparent approach, we then just have everyone send to that one address. But in typical usage, you would want to generate a new address for everyone who sends to you and then generate a new address for all your change. And that okay. is the way Litecoin Core works today is by default is to, to not reuse. Yeah. Now, is that something like generally like take Light Wallet or do a lot of wallets automatically do that? Is that a setting like people can toggle? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I think by default, almost all wallets. Um, there are probably a few exceptions, but uh, yeah, the default behavior in, in nearly all wallets is to not reuse addresses when possible. I know Electrum. Like you can, you know, you can still see your old addresses. Um, you can still see a list of all your old addresses. But when you generate a new address, when you request money, like there's a request button in Electrum and, and or I, I think it's receive in Electrum, it's request in Litecoin Core, and I don't know what else it is in other wallets. But when you, you want to receive, it generates a new address at that point. It doesn't generate one it already was used before. So you're so because here's an interesting part, like, you know, like when you whitelist a an address. So, you know, if, let's say I got a ledger and I say Coinbase, I only want you to send to one public address. They'll they're going to send to that same address consistently. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're well, private, certain so exchanges can do keys, that. So your private keys can sign into a variety of public wallets. So what do you mean private key? So you have your, you're talking about like your wallet seed? My recover, my seed phrase. Yeah. Your seed what phrase. Your... Yeah. So your seed phrase is, um, generates, um, your, your master key, your master private key, which can then be used to generate, you know, thousands and thousands of addresses that you can then restore. It uses something called BIP32, which is a hierarchical deterministic wallet. Which basically yeah. means, yeah, <laughs> which basically means that um, you can have, um, you can you can generate a bunch of addresses from that one master key. Uh, they have a special path, like um, each address, uh, it may start like M, I don't know if you've ever seen this before, but um, like M slash zero slash 84 slash one um, or something like that. And that okay. is uh, the M is the master key. And then there's these little paths afterwards, afterwards, which you can have like parent wallets, you can have child wallets. It's a really complex thing, but it's worth, you know, it's worth looking into. Um, you know, it's, it's most, worth exploring most, most, that yeah. topic all on your own in a separate thing because we can really get into the weeds with that. But you, yeah, can yeah, have, yeah. you can have parent and child wallets. You can have public and private versions of it. So you may have, you may give a public um key to a an auditor for example of one of your child wallets who can then see all of the transactions from the you know that were sent to any of the child addresses but they can't like uh they can't spend them it's really really fancy stuff yeah but anyhow what, what happens is you have you you have your seed words it generates your master key which can then go generate thousands of addresses yep and so it just picks the next one it, it does it sequentially um, you know, private so, hand, like, can you, um, 
can each of those wallets? I mean, I, I'm getting a little off track. But I'm interested in this. So, can each of the do each of the individual wallets have a unique private key? What do you mean a wallet? Um, <laughs> you're right. Each one of the addresses. Each each, each address, address has paired up with, with yes. its own private address, right? Yeah, it's its own private key that is generated from that master key. So it's a, you know, it's the combination of that master key, which is, you know, you're generated from your seed. Um, it generates the master key. And then there's some path that M slash zero slash whatever. Um, uh, it can, based on a path it's given, it can derive like all the private keys um, for for a wallet. So like you can, the way the wallet will store them, it'll have like all these addresses along with like a path that it used to generate that address. And then given that path and your master key, it can go look up the, you can go calculate the private key to spend it. Yep. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, now that we kind of understand how that part works. (laughs) So what's going to change, I guess, I guess what is, you know, I tried to watch, like I said, I tried to do a little research and I was like, I think it's probably better off just to hear it from you. So what's going to change when, Mimble Wimble. When I'm going to send a Mimble Wimble transaction, okay, or walk me through how that's going to work from okay. moving so, from the main chain to an extension block back onto the main chain. What information is recorded and all that? Okay, checks. so let's skip the extension block for now uh, and okay. look at just Mimble Wimble. Okay, so we talked about our scenario where we have five coins and we spend one and we send four yep. back to a change. Okay. We send one to that address that they give you, and we uh, return four back to ourselves as change. But um, let's say that, um, you know, let's let's use your whitelist example that you used earlier, right? Where, you know, Coinbase will send to the same address every time. Um, so then anytime... Hey, David, can I do a quick sidebar? Because you know, a lot of people are pretty new. Uh, yeah. And I would probably recommend this to people. If you have a substantial amount of money on Coinbase... You can whitelist, meaning you can say, you can give them, I only want you to send my money to these three addresses. So if anybody were to ever hack into your Coinbase account, they couldn't send it to send money to anywhere except for the ones you pre-approved. Right? Okay. Am I getting yeah. that right? Okay. Go on. I don't. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, sounds bad for your privacy, but good for your security. Um, because, you know, if you're in, if they're sending to the same address every time and you're going to see every transaction that's being sent to you, um, and you're going to see the amounts to all that, right? So with Mimble Wimble, okay. So we have, um, the first thing we get rid of is addresses. So we have something called stealth addresses, uh, which, you know, you can give someone your stealth address, but it doesn't go on chain. Uh, they can send, they, they can basically generate a new address from that every time, a unique address when they send to you um, based off of the stealth address that you give them. Um, and so you can find your outputs, but people can't look at the blockchain and find, uh, like if they send you two coins, coins two different times to the same stealth address, they won't see two different coins on chain that are sent to the same address. They'll look like they go to different addresses. Um, okay, I'm, so I need, so, I need, I need you to back up here. I'm, I'm confused. Uh, so okay. if I, so if let, you send let, me coins twice, if you send me coins twice, okay. To, to the yeah. same address, 
right now, someone can go look in the blockchain, look at a block explorer at that address, and they'll see two outputs, two two different transactions that it was that were sent yep. to me. Okay, if you use a stealth address, they can send you. You can send me two coins, two different times, the same stealth address, but you won't have any address to look up on chain. And if you did, you wouldn't find two outputs. You'd just find one output because you won't. You don't see that there are two outputs both sent to the same address. Every output looks like it's sent to a unique address. So is the stealth address formatted the same as a normal Litecoin address? Or would you not know the no. difference? Uh, no, it, it starts, in our case, it'll start MWeb. MWeb1. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, so it's different. Um, it's a lot longer. Uh, it's, it's a little bit fancier how it works. Um, but that's interesting. Uh, I like. This. Yeah, so I'm listening. I like this so far. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so you don't have address reuse. So there's like three big ways that you leak privacy in Bitcoin. Um, there's address reuse. Um, there's amounts, which is another thing it gets rid of. So, with um, with uh, you know our example earlier of sending five coin or sending one coin um, and four back to yourself as change. What you'll see on Mimblewimble is you'll see some coins were spent to, you know, you have some coins, so one input still. You don't know how many coins. And you have two outputs still, but you don't know how many coins are in each output. And you don't know which addresses they're sent to. So um, it just looks like, you know, some number amount of coins you know goes to these two outputs we don't know how much is involved in this transaction at all we don't know which one's changed we don't know anything about it other than you know one output was spent two were created that's what you can gain from the blockchain um from on a mimblewimble transaction okay so you know you no longer have to worry about like if i send you coins from my wallet and I have, say, all of my coins in one output, then you may see that I have a thousand Litecoin when I send you, you know, one uh, and 999 back has changed, which is obviously right. bad because you don't want to be advertising how much you were, how many Litecoins you have on you at all times, things like that. Um, and you don't want, you know, you don't, if you want to receive, say, your, your monthly paycheck or something in Litecoin, you don't want your coworkers knowing how much you make versus how much they make, things like that. There's all kinds of reasons why you wouldn't want to advertise, you know, how many coins are being involved in a transaction. So Mimblewimble oh, sure. takes care of that, right? So it, it does not have any, the amounts are all hidden and the addresses are never reused. Those so, are the okay, two. So, so if I go, so if I go on Litecoin block Explorer, uh -huh. how do I, you know, because I think we've all probably when every time you you uh, send certainly when you send significant amounts of money, mm -hmm. and everybody has that panic, right? They send it and they go, "I think everything should be there," and it doesn't show up for a few minutes, and you start freaking out. So you're like, "All right, I need to pull up this address. I just want to make sure there this thing." That's at bad least for your privacy. <laughs> um, what, so let's the address. <laughs> okay, yeah, fair, yeah, right, yeah. I'm it just, is because well, you're you're leaking your IP address. No, I'm here to talk about privacy, so that's what I'll do. You're leaking yeah, your IP address to the Block Explorer, and you're saying, you know, with high probability, I am the owner of these coins, and I'm wondering where they're at, right? Especially if you you try to look it up, like, 
moments after sending it to you. Like that's a dead giveaway that you are the owner of that address and you're looking to see if it confirmed yet. Like um, block explorers learn a lot from people who, you know, and let's say you continue to look up other, other addresses of yours. Like each one you look up from your IP address, you're telling the block explorer that there's a, there's a high probability that I own all these addresses. Um, so if you really care about privacy, you won't use a block explorer. But yes, like yeah, I mean, what what you have a node, you have a full node. Look it up on your Litecoin node. They have full capability of all this. We're gonna circle back to that because I do want to learn. I would love to know how to do that. Yeah, yeah, your Litecoin node has knows everything that a block explorer knows, roughly. So there's not really much need to use a block explorer if you have a full node. Okay, well, let's go back to my example. Like I freak Mm -hmm. out. (laughs) I'm a, I'm a unprivate schmuck <laughs> mm-hmm. and i decide okay i look it up and uh i can see right Ad, i can see that this address i sent it to mm-hmm. has seen the it's just awaiting confirmations right and yep. uh what is gonna what am i gonna see or how do i go find this once when i'm if i'm if i'm a stealth if i'm using a stealth address Mm-hmm. And I look up that stealth address on the block explorer. What am I going to see? Not much. Uh, you won't see anything if you use the stealth address because the the stealth address is not really tied to the coins that are being spent. The the stealth address is like a parent key that's used to generate the actual addresses. But you can't, given a stealth address, you can't figure out which addresses were generated from it unless you're the owner of that stealth address. So like you can search all you want for that stealth address. You're not going to find it on the block explorer. Um, it's not going to show you anything. What you could see is if you are sending a transaction somewhere and it gives you a transaction ID, you may be able to look up that on the block explorer, maybe. Uh, but there's some caveats there because we haven't gotten to all of the um the the unique quirks with Mimblewimble. We've only gotten through two of them so far. So we'll talk about that next one here in a minute. But but for the um, ignoring the next part of Mimblewimble, like you may be able to use a transaction ID to see that there is a transaction in progress. Um, but so, you so won't see I, amounts so or do, addresses. But how do I, I mean, one of the things I I do like at times about the ability to use the lock explorer is to actually kind of go back and well, what did I do here? What did I do there? Use your note. Is there Use your no wallet. To... Your wallet has that, right? Your wallet tells you all that info. Why do you need a block explorer? Because I'm lazy. I suck. All right. <laughs> your wallet will do just what the block explorer will. So you should probably so more. Use Litecoin Core is probably the number one. The number one rule. Would you say that? Because I've heard that a lot. Before. If you care about privacy. Yeah. Yeah. If you care about privacy, that I would definitely say use Litecoin Core. All right. Um, don't okay. use a light. Don't use a, a light wallet if you care about privacy. Don't use some SPV wallet or anything like that. Um, they're, they leak way too much information to servers. There okay. are uses for those. You know, it's it's useful to use a wall, mobile wallet at times. Um, it's useful to use, you know, Electrum if you don't. 
on a new computer, you don't want to sync the whole blockchain or something. But if you really care about privacy, you won't do any of that. You'll use a full node. Um, because, okay. because like, you know, if you, if you're using anything other than a full node, you're, you're sending information about your wallet to some server and saying, Hey, give me some, give me my coins for, give me any coins that were sent to these addresses. Now you don't send it. It's kind of statistical. So there's like, um, some plausible deniability, but the way SPV works right now, it's not very good for privacy at all. You're basically telling them your addresses. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, I think that's actually a good point. If you don't mind, uh, Charlie does have a question and I, I think we've covered a lot and I'm interested to mm -hmm. uh, see if we take a quick break. Let's let some people ask some questions here. Charlie, sure. go ahead, man. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, these new addresses, these new self addresses, are we going back into like the dark ages where we got to remember 52 uppercase, lowercase numbers and letters and, or, are we going to still have like QR codes to scan? Yeah, you can you can still use. Um, I mean, you can en encode a, uh, a stealth address however you want. Um, I don't. I mean, th there won't be any QR code support at the beginning. Uh, there will be very little support for MWeb at the beginning outside of Litecoin Core. But um, there's nothing about a stealth address that prevents you from encoding it in a QR code. If there's, we could standardize standardize around a QR format, which we could use the existing, so that's fine. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there. When using it, it'll be no different than any other address. The only difference is you don't have to generate a new one every time. You can just tell people you can always send to that address. Awesome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Anybody else got any questions? Hi, David. I just had a uh, quick question. Um, let's say uh, in a scenario that um, MWAM were supported by a merchant and <clears throat> use a MWAM transaction to uh, remit a payment. What mm -hmm. what mechanism exists for like me to be able to prove, you know, in case of the transactions ever disputed by the retailer, that I how can I prove that that transaction happened? It's really complicated. Um, there is uh, there is a proof process that involves a bunch of signatures, um, and like you know, we can automate all this, but it's not as simple as like sending a you know an address and saying, "Well, look, I you know there's coins sent there." You would actually send the transaction, and you would send like some signatures to prove you know, that you were the sender of the transaction and you would send some other stuff so, to prove that the receiver was who they say they are or whatever, or who you say they are. So there's, there's like all this data that has to be sent, all these signatures and random stuff. Um, it's a lot more complicated, but it's, you know, it's very much, it can be automated. You know, it's not something you have to, um, you have to do manually and build or whatever. It, it can all be automated to just, you know, generate a proof and then they could just, copy that proof into their um their wallet and you know hit verify proof and it'll tell them whether or not it really did take place and um yeah it can, it can all be automated uh but it's 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 a lot more complex from on the technical um you know in the the low the low level uh cryptography involved it's a lot more complex great so thank you like, um, certainly in the beginning mm -hmm. What's you know, we've been talking a lot about 
privacy and so we were talking about self custody before you came down and you know this how important that really is and I'm almost kind of what I'm hearing from you is you know, this isn't going to be something that you're going to keep on your like if you have it on your phone you've probably already sacrificed a lot of privacy yeah so but I mean that point you you sacrifice privacy to a server a single server maybe a number of servers but it's still not the same as you know advertising your amounts and everything to everyone you transact with you can transact privately with people like if I transact with you and I'm using a mobile wallet you don't learn um, you know, as long as they support mweb you don't learn much about my transaction but you know the the server where I receive all the data from because if you're not a full node then you're just relying on other full nodes. And so whatever full nodes you're relying on still learn quite a bit about your transactions. Now they won't learn amounts with MWeb, so you can hide that from them. That's progress. Um, well, and there's, there's like almost two forms of privacy here, right? There's privacy of the people I'm interacting with and like just keeping certain information private. And then obviously a lot of us are interested like privacy if someone really wanted to make an effort to find out who you were and what activities you were doing for, you know, for tax reasons or legal reasons, okay. that's a whole nother relationship, which you're saying mm -hmm. is like, that's the, that's the stuff that you might do on core. Um, mm -hmm. So there's like almost two different things we're talking about, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, well, you're, you're always leaking data various places. Um, the less you leak, the better your privacy. Um, Litecoin Core lets you leak the minimum amount of data possible. Um, that's the the general rule of thumb. Like the the more, um, like if you're using a mobile wallet, you're leaking data to more data to some people, um, and you know that that can have consequences if you know the government decides they want to track you down for whatever reason. Um, so you're not paying taxes or something. Um, they may be able to uh, ask for server logs or something of the people you rely on and learn quite a bit, quite a bit about your transactions. If you're using a full node, that's not the case. You know, they don't learn uh, about that. You know, they don't learn about, about all. What about addresses. using like a tra Trezor or a Ledger or something? Is that different? Those are all. Yeah, no, those are all um, bad for privacy. Uh, those are all relying on Trezor servers, Ledger servers, because they're not downloading full blockchains. They're, you know, just relying on the server to, to determine all that stuff for you. Interesting. Um, what are ways to... So, okay. But your full node, if, you, if you're going to run that, the only, the only place you can really run that is on a PC, right? And you can't. Yeah. Oh, so you can somewhere. How do, how do you make them? How do you make it portable? How do you make a Litecoin so portable? You can you can hook your mobile node, or you can hook up your mobile wallet and have it connect to your your personal or Litecoin node. Um, I don't know if any of the Litecoin wallets support this. I know there's some Bitcoin wallets that support it, um, but that's the ideal uh, long term. Would be you still have your desktop node, but you have it so that your um, mobile wallet relies on it um, for for you know finding addresses that belong to you and stuff like that. Um, so uh, you know it's not very convenient for the everyday user. Uh, there's always trade offs involved. Uh, you no, know, it's almost you, like I, like I, I've always felt like, hey, put them on a trezor. It's you know, 
you know, you're not, I know when you unplug the device, it doesn't like, it's not like you're, it's more secure. Yeah. So, so Tracer, Ledger, they're more secure. And you can use those with, um, with Litecoin Core, right? If you're using it with Litecoin Core, you're good. Um, you know, you still have your privacy and your security. Uh, but if you're <laughs> using like their standard Ledger, um, uh, what is it? Ledger Live or something like that. That's not very good for privacy at all. Yeah, I don't even now. I'm now I'm confused. I didn't know you could use it for like how you would. I'm gonna have to learn on that one. Using the Litecoin Core wallet and using uh-huh. what your treasure just to hold your. I, I don't own a treasure. I don't know, but a, a, a ledger. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. You can you can use um, yeah. You can you can um have basically Litecoin Core will do all the wallet like all the transaction um like show all the transaction info, all that stuff. It can build the transactions. It can do everything except for sign the transaction. And when it does that, it relies on the the hardware wallet, whichever hardware wallet you have. Um, well, and it like can prompts you to plug it in that. or something. And... Yeah, yeah. And it says, you know, you have to, it'll say, you know, unlock it. Um, yeah, so it it can offload a lot of that stuff. So if you, but if you were to go, like, let's say you're, again, I'm, you're going to lost track here, but I'm just curious about this. So if you have it on a PC, Litecoin Core Wallet, uh-huh. and you it gets destroyed, but you still have your private keys, can you go somewhere else, open a Litecoin? Because, you, oh, you can restore from a another wallet, right? You can import another right. wallet. Right. All right, yeah. these are awesome. All right, okay. I think Indigo is next. We're going to keep going on. Uh, after these two questions by these two guys, hopefully we can get back to Mimblewimble. Go ahead, Indigo. Yeah, thanks, Mega. Hey, David, everything you've done, thank you very much. I just want to first say, um, my first question is, when MWeb? Uh, when MWeb.com. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I didn't push it back a month. Um, <laughs> and then just the today. second just question. Today. Oh, well. I could wait a day, fine. Mm. Wait this long. But no, thank you. Uh, also, mm. you're saying like run your own node, uh, like one core code node. Uh, you will eventually will be able to run MWeb on this as well. So in regards to privacy, what does that not do? And what do I still need to be considerate of? Uh, what does MWeb not do for privacy? Yeah, like how can any, yeah. essentially, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so I didn't, I think I need to finish with, with what we what Nimblewimble does. We've gotten through two of the big things. Um, as I was saying earlier, there's three ways you can leak privacy, and I mentioned two of them. One was amounts, and the other was address reuse. But there's a third one, um, and that is um, a little more complicated for people who aren't really intimately familiar with how blockchains work. But if you think about, like, the what I was describing earlier with the point, you know, the inputs and outputs inputs are like pointing to old outputs, like old coins that are unspent. Okay. So, you know, in our example, we just had that five coins that were unspent and you were sending one to the teller and four back to yourself as change. But let's say that instead you actually, um, you were sending a hundred to someone and you have, uh, five, you know, let's say you have uh, six different 
like uh, UTXOs, which would be unspent outputs, like each worth like you know uh, twenty each. Okay, so you can't, you don't have a coin worth a hundred or more that you can spend to send to that the teller that that you owe a hundred dollars to. Um, so instead, you have to include multiple coins to spend. Um, so you you choose all six of your coins that 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 are unspent, and you add those as inputs in a transaction, and then um, you create your outputs, which would be the hundred to the teller, and then maybe the twenty back to you as change, minus some fee. Um, so in that case, uh, anyone who's who sees that transaction will know that all six of those inputs were owned by the same person. Does that make sense? Yeah. So are it's you, almost like follow? they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're almost like the, again, we're going to use that cash example. Mm -hmm. Each input is a different bill that's in your wallet, in, in mm -hmm. the wallet, the physical wallet world we're talking Correct. about. So each one of those is a unique bill and they may be worth. Yeah. One's worth yeah. 3.25. One is some dust. That's, 0. 0.0045 coins. They all get mm -hmm. bunched together. Yep. And when okay. you spend them, if you're if you're monitoring the blockchain, you can see that all of those are owned by the same person. And that can be problematic. Um, let's say that some transaction involves. Um, well, let's say that someone wants to send you a bunch of dust, right? Um, I'm always mm -hmm. bad with examples, really, really, really bad with examples. So if you have better ones, please do. I'm here. To, I'm here to dumb it down, David. <laughs> um, but you know, let's say someone sends, or like, you know, let's say someone sends you some dust or whatever, uh, and like, um, or even like, here's a, here's a good example. Okay, so you have two two different uh, pseudonyms, two different profiles online. Uh, and you share your stealth address, a, a different stealth address for each of them, okay? But they're all linked to the same wallet. Now, you don't know that they are linked at first. Let's say that um, I, I, I suspect that it could be the same person. So I send a little bit of coins to one address, uh, stealth address, and then a little bit of coins to the other stealth address. Um, and then sometime down the line, the person decides to spend their coins. If they spend those little bit of coins that you sent uh, in the same transaction, you know, the, both of the outputs in that same transaction, then I have just confirmed that you are, you know, both of those NIMs belong to the same person. Does that make sense? Is that a good? Yeah, I mean, is that, is that based on just purely the amounts or? No, 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 no. You know the like outputs you create. There's an address. When you, oh. No, there's not an address. There's not an address. There's, you create two outputs, okay? Uh, two, two coins, two bills in your physical wallet example. They're unique. Yep. They still are unique. They still have an ID of types. It's not an address, but they do have an ID, a unique ID. And serial you create numbers. those, yeah, serial numbers, whatever. You create those, uh, those, those bills. Um, you send them to two different addresses uh, that you suspect belong to the same person. 
And then later you see a transaction that spends both of those bills together. Yep. Okay. You have confirmed that that's the same person. Right. Yep. So that is a third area where you leak privacy. That is the third one. And that is the, 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 um, uh, transaction link linkability is what it's called. You want an unlinkable transaction where you can't link certain outputs together. Zcash has perfect unlinkability, assuming you're using Z to Z transactions. It comes with some other technical costs, which is why it's not, you know, why why we are we're not using their technology. Um, but like, you know, Zcash gives you very it gives you the the purest form of unlinkability possible. Um, Monero gives a little bit or a decent bit better than MWeb, but not perfect. What Monero does is it's when it spends coins, it will say, um, I'm spending, it'll choose 13 random coins from a blockchain. They're not completely random there. There's some, um, some formulas for figuring out good ones, but it'll, it'll spend 13 coins and it'll say one of these belongs to me is being spent and you don't know which one is being spent. Um, but you know, it's at least, it's one of those 13 being spent. So <laughs> it gives you like, it gives you like, um, this plausible deniability. So if you see those two coins being part of the same transaction, it might tell it could tell you that, Hey, that might be the same person. Um, there's like, uh, you know, maybe a good chance, maybe still a low chance, depending how many unspent outputs there are and how many like, uh, just how many transactions there are in general. It's all statistics, whatever. But like, um, it, it makes everything, uh, everything, just um, statistical. It's no longer deterministic. You can't say for certain anymore. It's it's sort of like, uh, you know, it's just all probabilistic uh, as to who owns what, and and you can still kind of link things together. But it's you know, it's it's only probabilistically. You know, you can say there's a good chance that these belong together, or there's you know, a very low chance that these outputs are sent to the same person or whatever. There's, there's different, um, you know, it, it still leaks some data about the transaction links, you know, the, the different, it, it, it leaks some of the, the data that can be used to, to build like a transaction graph, the, these coins yeah, and there, the, and these no or whatever. Real, I say there's no real way around that, right? Because even if you were to move to try to move the coins into a new wallet. Like you're still using, like you'd have to know, you'd have to know which coins that person. Had the more you spend you with to... Monero, the more you spend with Monero, um, the, the uh, more complicated it gets to follow it. Okay. So the first time you spend, it's a one in 13 chance it went to this or whatever. And then if you continue to spend what like the, the it gets, it gets super complicated to follow. Right. Like you can never follow it perfectly, but you know even the the probabilities get pretty uh, slim that you know that you learn anything from it. But like yeah. uh, it, you know, they're given very you know given access to a bunch of data sets like the exchange transactions they're involved with, and maybe monitoring some other stuff. I don't know. Like you know, you can assume that the federal government knows about a decent number of transactions that take place. I'm sure they're monitoring lots of stuff. Um, they they will be able to build some sort of transaction graph, but it's all still going to be like you may have plausible deniability. Um, and, and in most cases, plausible deniability may be enough, but maybe you have some you know tyrannical government that um, 
even if you can link it down to like, say one of these 13 people were part of this transaction, like we'll just kill all of them. Um, <laughs> you know, and that's, a, there's plenty of times when that's happened, right? You, you can, you can, well, picture or I can very... see like, I can see where it at least, um, le- allows them to be pointed in a certain direction. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. Go you, and and, yeah, and, and maybe, here. yeah, maybe that, but, but I mean, there's definitely been governments in the past who would be okay with maybe not killing, maybe in prison all 13 or, you know, beat them until one of them admits it or something like that. You know, it can point them in a direction. Uh, and you know, so, so like Monero's not perfect in that aspect, but, um, but, you know, it's certainly a lot better with like than with Litecoin, Bitcoin, where you know for certain that these coins went here, and then they went here, and then they went here. You can follow the transaction graph. There's no probabilities involved. It's a hundred percent like you can build the transaction graph. Graph, but like, um, so Mimblewimble helps a little bit in that aspect. This is where it's weakest. This is kind of like the Achilles heel of, of Mimblewimble is it doesn't doesn't solve linkability. One thing it does do is um are you familiar with the the uh term coin join i'm familiar with it i've never used it i know it's okay. like you're, so coin join is in a, you throw all the coins in a blender and it spits out there it coin. is yep there it is yep so so you have um you have uh the example earlier where you have you know the six bills that you want to spend um but, you know, 20 other people also want to spend six bills and we all want to send them to our various different places. So with a coin join, there's a complicated uh, like process for all of us throwing in our bills that we're spending and then telling them where to send them. And then it all looks like one big transa- transaction and you can't really tell which coins were contributed by which person. So that's a coin join. And in, in Bitcoin, but you, but you know, but but if you know who all six people are, well, sure, the, but but you don't, you still don't know. Well, you still don't know which which ones contributed which coins. Let's say you need to know which one was involved with a specific coin. You don't know. You can you know how to narrow down to if you know the six people involved, you have it narrowed down down to that. But you don't know which of the six contributed that coin. Um, so that's what okay. you know. That's what a coin join does: is it, it it builds one big transaction from a bunch of smaller ones, um, and and it you know combines them all together so that you don't see uh, the the basic transactions that these six coins go to these two addresses. Instead, you see that these fifty coins go to these twelve addresses. You know, good luck figuring out who contributed which coins. Um, so that, that's a coin join. And what Mimblewimble does is every transaction in a block is combined before the block is created into one big transaction. Every block is a coin join. So mm. how many you, transactions in a block? Hopefully a thousand. Um, you know, the more <laughs> the merrier. Uh, we yes. can have quite a few. Uh, there's, there's lots of room in the extension block for for, you know, lots of MWeb transactions. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it, there's a lot. You can. You there's can one thing. That, there's in one there. thing I in in my very brief research. It was one of the things they said is that uh, the more users, the more private it gets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And now there's still there's still um, an issue here where this is in a block, right? But before it gets in a block, well, how does how does the miner know what transactions to include in a block? 
Do you know? Ooh. Uh, well, fee, a fee structure, I'm guessing, is the first. But the what? Place. where does it get those transactions in the first place? Not how does it pick. Where does it even hear about those transactions? Oh, you broad your wallet broadcast. You broadcast them, right? So anyone snooping on the network will see the transactions before they are joined together. And they can store that information. Right? You know what, so like even, though, even though even though well no, no. Uh, not necessarily no. Um it, yes they can actually, but um there we have pretty good solutions to that. But um even ignoring IPs for now, um they still see the transaction before it's part of a coin join, right? So if the block has all of the transactions combined into one big coin join transaction, um, if you're monitoring the network, you still see the original six coins being spent through these two, two new outputs, right? So you still see that those links, those transaction links, um, before they've been coin joined with other transactions. And that's, that that's makes like, that's what's called, that's what you guys call the mempool, right? It's like a waiting room. Yeah, the mempool, the mempool. You see the transactions in the mempool. And in the mempool, the transactions are not combined. They're not coin joined yet. And that's currently the biggest weakness with mempool mempool privacy is that um, in addition to not like the transactions still being like deterministic, it's not probabilistic like Monero's ring signatures. Um, is the fact that like the transactions pre-coin join um, are are broadcast, you know, like for everyone to to log. Now, if you go try to figure out like like right now, there's a lot of interest in like you know Satoshi's coins or whatever, and if you can't like go download the blockchain history and then learn all that information uh, just from the blockchain itself, all you would see would be the coin join transactions. But, so, yes, you, you know, it's very like likely that, yeah, it's very likely that Chainalysis, you know, is monitoring every transaction, though. Uh, you have to assume that there's that the information's out there because you are broadcasting it. Um, so you but have for, to assume there's someone out, out there. But they don't figure it out in two and a half minutes or five minutes if you got to wait a block. Then it's gone. At that point, the no, information they, is no, no, they they log it. They just log it. Everything they see. On the network, they log. Okay. You have to assume somebody is logging it, right? You know, all it takes is one person to log every transaction they see. Okay. Um, and then that information is can it must be assumed to be out there. So it's you know, Mimblewimble is not perfect. Uh, there's some second layer solutions for making this a lot better. There's a coin swap, uh, which is Sort of like the you know the coin join protocols where there's a server involved, but there's actually several servers, and you can make it so that um, they must all be malicious and work together in order to like learn, um, in order to link transactions to you. Uh, so it's it's like a way of like mixing your coins, uh, as long as one of the nodes is honest and the, one of the servers is honest in the the coin swap protocol, then um, you know, you can completely unlink a coin from you. Uh, so there's there's like different ways we can different ways we can continue to improve mWeb privacy in the future um, through these second layer solutions. But as is right now, the biggest weakness in mWeb privacy is that you broadcast your transactions 
to the mem to everyone's mempool. And now they still don't have the addresses. They still don't have the amounts that we have perfect amount privacy, perfect address privacy um, with MWeb, but we don't have perfect transaction unlinkability, um, especially not in the mempool. Uh, and that's, reality, that's like, that sounds to me like if we were to look into the future and we said, you know, how how do we see it playing out that you're going to get an immense amount of privacy for the general, <laughs> the transactions you want privacy on 99% of them. If you're, yeah, so you're, doing you're honest, every you're doing honest business. Yeah. You're doing honest business. You're, you're dealing with people you have no concerns about. Here's what, who you're private from. Yeah. You're private from 99% of people. You're private from the snoops, uh, your coworkers, the things like that. The, the wives you don't want to see. Um, who are you know where you're spending your money? <laughs> like you, you got privacy from the ordinary <laughs> I don't know your people. Wife, David. <laughs> uh, you got you got privacy from the ordinary people. What you don't have privacy from is the resourceful attackers, the chain analysis, the governments, the things like that. You have privacy from them. You have you know perfect amount of privacy. You have you know perfect address privacy, but you don't have the the unlinkability could give you away. Um to a resourceful attacker. So don't use Litecoin to, um, you know, for terrorism. Probably not yeah. worth it. Probably well, better okay. stick so with that, Monero that or Zcash. Thing. Or that just cash. Know that That's a great that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, no, but yeah, don't use Litecoin for terrorism. So like, because um, I know one thing Charlie's always talked about with fungibility is, hey, this coin, uh, I guess we're going to talk about this transaction got broadcast to the mempool and it was mm -hmm. used by we've decided that transaction uh is linked to a terrorist so they yeah so they they, that, go, they that, real time, that real time analysis probably not going to happen so this is going to be more targeted the, the 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 information you're leaking with the transaction links is not like it's probably not useful to like 99 0.9 percent of well, I guess what the I'm transactions is you can when you're looking back you can go upstream but yeah. once it goes into the block you can't really go downstream and link their coin to anybody else and invalidate it or freeze it and say look right. this one coin I'm going to find out who the hell has this because they're associated with a terrorist yeah um yeah this is these are only for very targeted attacks is the only thing yeah I, would, I get it I'm just yeah trying to, I, yeah, I yeah you can't yeah, if once you see like a block, you you know you can't really follow trans outputs from there, and, and you don't even know which one's like the change and which one is the actual you know coins being spent because you can't even see amounts or anything that would tell you that. So it's like, you know, there's it. It's important. I mean, it's it's something that everyone should understand. If, and it's not easy to understand, but it's something that everyone should understand. Like this still is not perfect privacy. This is a huge, huge step in the right direction. It is so much better than the status quo today, um, but it's still not perfect. So, you know, don't assume that you can outrun the government with this. Uh, you, you know, a targeted attack could, you know, could learn quite a bit from this. You know, not, okay, yeah, not, not near not as much as I am. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> no, but I, I, I'm curious though, like, because one thing I thought about. Um, it, I, I hate, I mean, the KYC stuff is what makes me nuts. Mm -hmm. And so can I pull coins off my Coinbase, which are going to come into my core wallet? They're going to know, all right, this, this 
address is mega chunky buns. <laughs> uh-huh. And can I just send a Mimble Wimble transaction to myself, bring them back, and now they're no longer mine? Um, you can decrease the, it, it becomes, um, the more it's used, the more, go ahead, sorry. The longer it's in the MWeb, the extension block, um, and the more it's used in real MWeb transactions, the better your privacy. The longer you can keep your coins there, you know, the, the better off you are. Uh, I, I can't tell you any more than that because it's all on a case by case basis there. And it, you know, it, you have, you dive really deep into the specifics. The best I can tell you is learn how it works. And then you'll be able to answer those questions yourself because, you know, there's, there's a lot of nuance involved with, with privacy here. Um, there's just, it's, it's like, um, you know, you really do. You just have to look at a case by case basis and, and, what is it you're trying to hide? What is it you're worried about um, to know whether you're safe or not? Uh, yeah, or let's but but, but the general like rule of thumb. Okay, so here's so one thing. Let's say, no, no, you're going to give me a scenario, and I'm not going to be able to tell you the answer to that question. <laughs> I don't know. Like, the longer you can keep it into the MWeb, and the more you can use it in real MWeb transactions, or at least seemingly real transactions, the more the more it mixes with other coins the better off your privacy. So one place where we do leak privacy here too is we have an extension block. This is not the same as, you know, what I described earlier was pure Mimble Wimble. With an extension block, you have this, this weak link where you, you send, um, you know, you still have your traditional transactions that do have amounts, that do have addresses, and they will you know, to, to move your coins to the MWeb, you have to create a traditional transaction that says then move this to this whatever output on the MWeb. Uh, so you see how much, uh, you know, how many coins are being moved into the MWeb as part of a transaction. Now, the more that transaction, those transactions, like the more those coins are spent on the MWeb, the less you know about the amount. But like, um, there's this pegging in and pegging back out. Like if you need to go back to the regular Litecoin chain, um, you, you know, you tell it how many coins you want to peg out and to what address. So like if you are, if you're only, you know, receiving coins to your Litecoin address, and then you think you can just peg it into the M web and then later peg it right back out, you're probably not getting a lot of privacy there. Okay, because yep. it's pretty easy to follow that. Um, but if you are, you know, receiving MWeb coins to your MWeb stealth address, and then you're later sending MWeb coins to someone else's MWeb stealth address, and you're not mixing in a bunch of, you know, normal Litecoin transactions along the way, you know, your amounts are pretty much perfect privacy. Your address is perfect privacy there. Um, your linkability is much better than if it were, you know, it's, there's much less linkable than if it were just a regular Litecoin transaction, you know, you get pretty decent privacy. You get the kind of privacy you need for, you know, your everyday 
transactions. You, you get the privacy you need to make sure that your coworkers don't know how much you make, to make sure your wife doesn't know where you're spending your funds or whatever. Ex-wife, if we want to be. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, let's go with that. Um, but like, you know. Well, if, you, uh, if, you keep too much, if you keep too much from your current wife, she'll become your ex-wife. Well, that's true. Yeah. So we could be be talking about one and the same here. Um, So, uh, yeah, that's, that's why you want to, you want to really stick to stick to the web as much as you can, if privacy is something you care about. And then, um, you know, there's, if you really are concerned, then you want to do something else too on top. You want to do a coin swap, like I talked about, which we don't have yet, but we will. Um, Or, or a, a coin join outside of the mempool. Maybe you just want to rely on some trusted server that everybody submits. You know, I have not everybody, but a number of people submit their transactions to that. It then combines before broadcasting it to the, the mempool. Like if, if, you know, 10 different people send their transaction to this one server, then it performs the coin join and then broadcast that one coin join transaction. You know, you're going to have better privacy than if you just all 10 broadcast your individual transactions and let the miner join it. So, like, the, so you know, you, if you really do care about privacy and you really do need to, like, you know, hide from, you know, the government, maybe the IRS. Like, if you can find ways to avoid the IRS learning info about you, go for it. Um, there's more so power to you, so and this you, would be one you, way. Do you see, like, um, is this something, because what I'm envisioning now is, um, like, an ability of a some sort of decentralized exchange to actually accept mweb transactions yeah that's what you really want and that's what that's what we would love to see is that something hard for them to do is there any challenge well, to that or short, the challenge is they exchanges are super lazy um they love <laughs> to list erc20 coins because they have to do no work um is they immediately make a bunch of profits from you know idiots aping into some bullshit coin that's going to get rubbed days later like they love that stuff because they you know they they don't have to do any work to add it and you know they they get all the profits immediately for mweb they have to do work they have to it's unlike any of their other coins like grin right so grin is the first coin with m uh, for, with mimble wimble um it was a huge deal for a very brief period of time uh, it was a huge deal because this technology is great but the problem you know one of the problems with uh, Grin was, it was so new, it wasn't adopted anywhere, or whatever. And it was so much work for an exchange to add them that it literally didn't get listed like anywhere, nowhere big. You know, Qcoin was the biggest place and they struggled because it was so unlike all their other coins. Um, it's a lot of effort to introduce like um, a, a new technology to an exchange. You know, they, they love the easy route. Uh, so fortunately with Litecoin, you know, we're a much bigger deal than some brand new coin like Grin. Uh, so, you know, we have more influence. We have more users already. So they, they may, we may be able to pressure some, an exchange or two into um, adopting Mimblewimble, you know, MWeb early. But it, it is a lot of work on their, their um, you know, for them to add it. And, and if you think about like even, even like Coinbase wasn't batching transactions until a year or two ago. Look how long it took them to adopt SegWit, like four years or something for some right. of these exchanges. Like this is a bigger deal than all that stuff. Um, so, I mean, do you think that's, that's going to be very difficult for them to do though? Like a centralized. If they care about it, right? if they care about it, no, but it, to get them to care about it, yes, it's going to be difficult. 
because why do they care? You know, most of them don't care about privacy. They KYC, yeah, would, they, you know, whatever. So they, don't, they don't give a shit. They don't care. They only care that you move your coins there and they get transaction fees. Um, David, um, do, you, do you foresee any, like, possibility to the, somewhere in the future that, like, <clears throat> an exchange or a central authority could say, let's put a outright ban on any coins that have been in the MWeb <clears throat> ecosystem? No, not as long as we use it. Um, we have to use it uh, as much as we can. And it, the more coins that can be linked back to the MWeb, have some kind of history in the MWeb, uh, the, the more ridiculous that would be. It's um, a clusterfuck. Yeah, yeah. And that's why you just, <laughs> just use it. Use it anytime you can. If someone asks you for your address, give them your stealth address. If they can't support it, then give them your other address. But, but stick with, with MWeb as much as you can. And um, as long as, you know, even just a small fraction of transactions go through there, given enough time, most transactions will have some kind of link back to the MWeb. So it'll be impossible to, to do that. Yeah. Aaron's been waiting for a minute here. What you got, Aaron? Thanks. Uh, hi, David. I just had a hi. quick question. Um, so, hypothetically, let's say a merchant accepts only MWeb transactions. So, th mm -hmm. like, they're expecting to receive uh, Mimblewimble um, coins. And mm -hmm. I don't know that. And I go to that merchant and I just spend regular Litecoin and, and you, pay it you to their cannot. MWeb wallet. That, that they will give you a stealth they will give you a stealth address your wallet won't know what to do with it if it doesn't support mweb so let's say a transaction like that occurs is it just like your coins are lost is there a way that no there is no transaction can occur that sends it they, they cannot build a transaction to that address it won't work it's like an invalid like invalid address yeah it's going to say it's an invalid address it's not going to be able to do that okay so i would have to peg out to the mweb side make that transaction and then okay make uh so i thought your wallet didn't support mweb that was the example right is that what you were well, saying I, that well, was my understanding well in in this example the merchant only supports mweb and i'm yes. just a customer that has litecoin maybe i have a litecoin visa card um mm -hmm. or or a litecoin core wallet and i don't know that they have an mweb that they're only accepting okay. MWeb coins. If your wallet supports MWeb, so if you are Litecoin Core, um, Litecoin Core will automatically peg out to that. Okay. If you try to send to that address, you may not even know you're using MWeb, but it will it'll peg out. If if it doesn't have any MWeb coins, it will peg out automatically to to their MWeb address. But if you're using like uh, Electrum, Litecoin Electrum, or whatever. It's not going to be able to send it. It's not going to be able to even create that transaction. Okay. That makes sense. Thank you. <clears throat> yep. Very cool. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, one of the things I want to make sure, just to give you a quick uh, back this up. Uh, so I got, I decided about whatever, six months ago, I wanted to really get involved because this is a decentralized chain. There's no uh, entity to compete with these uh, centralized coins and it's on us as a community to get out here and like make shit happen. And mm -hmm. um, so from that perspective, what can, so what can the community do to help? What can we all collectively say, 
we need to do this to make MWeb happen? Use it. Uh, try, um, uh, you know, preferred places that use MWeb. If an exchange adopts MWeb, use it. You know, stick, go for it. Everybody switch to it. You just have to support its usage. Um, and, uh, you know, we need documentation on how exchanges could support it if they wanted to. Uh, you know, there, a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of documentation and stuff, you might, you need some kind of technical knowledge, but you don't have to be a developer to write that kind of stuff. Um, uh, you know, reaching out to exchanges to encourage them to, and not just exchanges, you know, we want merchants more than anything. Um, so, you know, reach out to merchants, tell them to, if they use Litecoin Core, that, you know, share an MWeb address too. Uh, that's that's the thing you can do the most to, to um, ensure it's successful is is to use it and encourage others to use it whenever possible. Because like we mentioned earlier, that you get better privacy the more people using it. So this gets this gets us much closer to being like cash. Yep. Much, much closer. Okay. All right, why like when you got a question, man? You told me you had a lot of questions for him. I'm interested to hear. Oh, yeah. I'm, some of them have already been answered. Uh, but <clears throat> my first question is, you know, is the extension block, like the block size, is it the same as on the main chain? It actually... Um, um, so we could have done this any a number of ways, but um, we actually... Uh, I don't know the exact size of it um, because it depends. Uh, we have weights instead of sizes, uh, instead of bytes. Uh, but it is a separate, it's a separate, um, you know, yeah. it's a separate block weight. Like you still are, the, the, the normal block is, is still limited to the same number of bytes as before. Still a one meg block, um, which can be three or four megs with SegWit uh, at most. Um, but, uh, you know, that any MWeb usage uh, ignoring the peg in and peg out portions, which still go on the canonical block, the the you know the the standard Litecoin block. So ignoring any of those parts, any MWeb usage uh, goes into this other bucket. It, it it counts against the MWeb weight, and we have a max MWeb weight per block, and it probably equals about three or four megs, but it really depends because inputs actually have a weight of zero. Uh, we want to encourage people spend coins because um, Mimblewimble actually, like, we didn't even talk about the scalability. We focused all on privacy here. But the scalability is, like, it, you can delete data over time. Uh, so by spending coins, um, you actually uh, are decreasing the, the, the size of the chain. So we don't have like, you know, inputs are a weight of zero. You could have a, a transaction with that sends two coins to someone, sends yourself change and has like 500 different bills that it's using to spend that or to, to send there. Um, you know, those 500 bills don't contribute to the weight at all because they're actually making the chain smaller. So all that really contributes to the weight would be the like a small portion of the transaction and then the, the outputs being created. Um, so, you know, this, the size of the, the MWeb block is like not a fixed value. It's not an easy thing to really grasp, but it averages out to about like three to four megs max. 
Okay, I gotcha. And that's cool. and, and that's then... in addition to the existing Litecoin block. So it's 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 a block size increase, but it's a soft fork. But you know, it, it is a block size increase in a way. I gotcha. Um, I had another question, sort of about running a node, um, and upgrading it so that you know I could run it the extension block does it Jinji was saying something about it increasing like memory usage on on your computer so are there like additional uh resource requirements that are required to run i don't know about like minimum requirements but yeah it's going to use more um uh it's going to use more more uh resources to to uh validate a block because you have um the in order to hide the amounts, we have to use complicated proofs. Well, they're not super complicated, but they're, you know, you know, they're not like Zcash complicated, but they're much more complicated than a basic signature. And they're, um, to verify those takes a little bit of time. Uh, it takes some, uh, a lot of processor processing power. Um, not a lot of memory, but, you know, the whole block, like we mentioned, is kind of, uh, the max block size is now a little bit bigger. It can be six or eight megs between the Litecoin block and the MWeb block if they're both full. So, you, you know, the, the amount of memory usage will increase a little bit. Most of that after validated is, is then immediately saved to your hard drive. But um, there is, you know, there is some increase in, in memory usage. Um, but yeah, just, just to val validate, they're called bulletproofs. Those are the things that um, that allow you to like, those are one of the two big components that allows you to like hide the amounts. They, they take a lot more processing power than, than before. So that, um, that could be what was, what he was talking about. Um, I, I still think like, um, you know, you can, you can probably still do this on a raspberry Pi, no problem. Um, but you know, it, it may take you, you you're not going to want to mine from one because, you know, it's going to take you an extra five or ten seconds to validate a block, potentially, if you if you have really low resource power, like a like a pie. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that answers my question. Thank you. I don't know how much time you wanted to spend here. Um, I I really don't want to spend a whole yeah. lot more time because I have a lot to do tonight. But um, and yeah, it's late. But uh. If there are some some quick questions here, maybe I can answer a couple more. Well, yeah, I mean, I just appreciate you taking it step by step because I think um, we get we get a pretty wide variety of uh, levels of where people are at, you know. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to make sure sometimes to go a bit a bit slower. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been awesome, and I, and I would love to have you back. I know. At, if this time doesn't work for you, I understand that, but you know, usually no time some works for me. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, that, I don't know. Well, I'm just going to say, you know, I mean, we, you know, we get into a whole lot of different topics and it's not always just fully technical or fully price or whatever. Sometimes it's just, uh, we end up talking about, you know, last night we ended up talking about a guy who was, in Australia and we're talking about gun rights and shit. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. so I get, I, I, there's two more people. Well, Ed, Ed just popped up and Charlie, if you don't mind, let's do that. And then we'll be done. Yeah. I, hello. Um, David, thanks for all your work on Mimble Wimble. Um, 
my quick question was, is there a use case or a common use case where um, people transacting with Bitcoin are going to want to uh, drop into Mimblewimble to erase history on coins and then go back to Bitcoin? Is that a use case that you see? No, uh, they don't want to. If you, you know, like I said, it's not like a mixing layer. It's not like a send it to the MWeb and then back out and you're clean. Uh, you want to keep your coins there. So do they want to move their Bitcoin into Litecoin and just keep it on the MWeb? Maybe. That'd be cool. But um, you're not going to get a lot of like send it to the MWeb and then right back to Bitcoin because that's just, you know, you, you lose. You don't gain much from that. Um, you, you know, it's it's not a mixing layer. It's not like a, you know, like a like for a coin join server like they use on, on Bitcoin. It's not something like that where you want to just use it specifically to mix coins and go right back out. You lose due to the the extension block nature and the fact that Bitcoin itself is transparent, you know, has transparent amounts and addresses. Like if if you see someone pegging, you know, send to Litecoin and then immediately right back out, like you you see the amounts because it's coming right back out into the transparent chain. Um, and you can see that like no transactions occurred inside there. So you, you can usually just follow the coins right through um, you, you, in order to get the privacy advantages of MWeb, you have to stay in MWeb for as long as possible anyways. Good, Charlie. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Dave, thanks for your time tonight. And uh no Excuse the uh, elementary question, but uh, could you talk about OmniLight and how can it be incorporated with MWeb? Uh, OmniLight? Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know anything about that. I'm sorry. Uh, you're gonna want to talk to Lotion about that. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Okay. Okay. Uh, I mean, it, it can, it can, uh, it's, it's, it's like a second layer thing, um, sort of, I think, uh, I don't think it works. I mean, I don't know. If, I'm sure you could do something on, on MWeb, uh, similar to, to like have assets on there, but, um, definitely not like as is, it can't be used on, on MWeb in any way because it would involve, you know, completely rewriting how it works. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right. Hey, man, I really appreciate it. Um, and you know, next time if you come in, we're not going to give you the third degree. You can just hang out and be a normal light coiner. Are you <laughs> okay. are you like a like before you go? What's your are you uh, what's your status? Are you a light coiner? <laughs> How I mean, for light coin, are you? Uh, I mean, Litecoin's the my go to for for spending for using um, it's clearly one of the most reliable and one of the lowest fees it works as money um i i always use litecoin um for for you know my standard crypto transactions bitcoin works really well too as long as the fees are down and you're not in any hurry um but you know when it when it gets uh when the the blocks start to fill up and the fees go up i you know you can't use it for your everyday transactions so uh litecoin you don't at least for now, don't have to worry about that. It has the shorter block times. Um, I, I just, I really like, I like to use it for, for buying things. You know, I, new egg, I, you know, I get anything new egg, I have to use Litecoin or anything like that. 
any chance I can to use Litecoin, it's going to be my go-to just because it always works. It's, it's, you know, it's very reliable, very, very cheap to send. You don't have to wait long for confirmations. Uh, so, you know, I'm a, I'm a Litecoin payments maximalist, I guess. Um, but I, I don't just hold Litecoin. I don't just, yeah, know. yeah, of course. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not, I don't really get into to camps or cults or whatever. I don't, I'm no, no maximalist of anything. I don't, you know, I, I don't have strong views on that, but I do, you know, I, I like Litecoin. I like, I like its focus. It's very, you know, it's, it remains, you know, for, despite being, having like a leadership structure sort of, you know, it's, it's, they're not like in charge of all decisions, but, you know, you do have that, the Litecoin foundation that um, makes a lot of decisions about the ecosystem, or at least uh, pushes a lot of adoption for the ecosystem. Um, despite having that, you know, it, it's still very decentralized. Like the, you know, you don't, the, the nodes you connect to aren't the Litecoin foundation nodes. Uh, it's, you know, they, the, they're not the ones predominantly mining. Uh, it's, you know, it's got a fairly decentralized structure, uh, not as decentralized as, as Bitcoin, but it's, it's a very like pragmatic, um, like compromise, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting, it's got most of the advantage. Yeah. It's got most of the advantages of Bitcoin. Um, and a few other ones of being like, you know, cheaper and, uh, you know, a little bit faster confirmations and stuff. Uh, so you know, I, I really do like Litecoin even before, um, even, you know, before I started working on it, I've always liked Litecoin. I always thought like its development was lacking, but we've changed that a lot recently. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And, and, and you know, and, and SegWit, SegWit too, like that was, that was awesome to see how they, you know, they handled SegWit. Uh, you know, they pushed adoption with that. So uh, that, you know, I, I think that, I think that you know overall Litecoin is is one of the it's it's one of the the obvious coins for for uh, for people to adopt um, because it just it works so well it's so reliable it's been around forever it's decentralized but yet affordable and, and usable yeah, yeah. that's but, my and I'm gonna keep it well I, I don't want to keep it too long <laughs> yeah. you've been more than gracious with your time but. Yeah, if you can come back, that'd be awesome. And and uh, yeah, we'll be yeah. we'll be here. And if you got anything you want to come out, I actually owe you. Once M Web is done, my profiles mega chunky buns. I oh, told okay. You back in like Are you March, one of the, the five Litecoin five. guys? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Ty- I Tyler's listening. Tyler's yeah. listening. He right. said he'd match it. I gave you one, so I owe you four yeah. when it's launched. All right. All right. Soon. All Very right. soon. All right. Sounds good. All right. Take All right. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right. See ya. Appreciate it. Uh, I don't know how to hang up. Okay. <laughs> you can just leave. I, I figured it out now. All right. All right. Okay. See, ya. <laughs> See ya. That was pretty awesome. That was great. I'm very happy that happened. Well, how about that? I thought that was uh, so informative. And again, I just feel so appreciative for uh, David coming in and, and taking that time. You know, he doesn't, he is under no obligation to do that, and yet he does. So I hope this was informative. I th- hope it was helpful. If you have questions or you're just interested to learn more, uh, definitely follow us at 
the at Litecoin Underground, so at LTC Underground on Twitter. Uh, we will be doing more of these, and we're going to have more podcasts. I, I hope our next step is really to break down. We'd like to back up and just kind of give you a series on some of the basics of the functionality of Litecoin. But really, I'm telling you, this is going to be the the home for Litecoin moving forward. And that's our plan. That's our goal. So stay tuned. We're going to keep adding stuff. And thanks for giving us another listen.